Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 11th of May. It's Budget Day with jobs, infrastructure, aged care and women set to be the key focus. The Federal Treasurer is expected to announce a billion-dollar cash splash for major projects across the country over the next decade, with $18 billion tipped for the aged care sector that the government has labelled a once-in-a-generation investment. Australia's borders are expected to stay shut until at least 2022, with the budget to focus on stimulating our domestic economy. Here is former Immigration Department Deputy Secretary Abul Rizvi on the project. The closed borders has meant people are holidaying in Australia, which is, which is helping our economy, uh, undoubtedly. Um, the question is whether that is sustainable in the long term, particularly as our booming economy is also being assisted by both probably the loosest fiscal and monetary policy we've ever had in our, uh, in our history. And we'll have more details on the budget with Scott Phillips coming up shortly in Business and Finance. In breaking news this morning, for the first time since last year, there have been no reported COVID deaths across England, Scotland and Northern Ireland, as UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson confirms lockdown measures are set to ease from next week. Under the rules, residents across England will be allowed to meet up indoors, including pubs and restaurants, as well as cinemas and sports stadiums. Even cautious hugging will be allowed. Here is Boris Johnson. Today we are announcing the single biggest step on our roadmap and it will allow us to do many of the things that we've yearned to do for a long time. So let's protect these gains by continuing to exercise caution and common sense. Back home now and New South Wales is breaking ranks with the federal government and stepping up the state's rollout of the COVID vaccination program. It's announced residents between the ages of 40 and 49 can now register for the Pfizer vaccine, while a mass vaccination hub opened at Sydney's Olympic Park yesterday. Here is New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. This is our way of saying to the general public that New South Wales is keen to get as many people vaccinated as possible. The more ability we have to ease restrictions moving forward and also to resume life as normal as we can with COVID. New South Wales health authorities are still scrambling to try and find that missing link behind the latest COVID cases. And Australian television legend Bert Newton is said to be in good spirits after he was forced to have his leg amputated after a serious health battle. The 82-year-old entertainment icon reportedly had a toe infection that worsened and it was a life and death decision to have his leg removed. Here is his wife, Patty, speaking on Nine. He's got a big journey ahead of him, as we all have, but, um, you know, you know Bert, onward and upward, and I'm sure he'll be fine. It's early days, so, you know, we have to just take a day at a time. It's a good name for a song, One Day at a Time. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in Queensland and wild weather has hit overnight, leaving thousands of homes and businesses without power. Our reporter Amy Drew has the latest from Brisbane. Yeah, Taj, well, storms are expected to stick around for the next two days with the biggest rainfall likely tomorrow. Brisbane could see up to 40 mils of rain. The Bureau of Meteorology says mid-May is an unusual time for severe storms to develop, but it's fueled by high humidity combined with a powerful upper-level low.
to Victoria now and Melbourne could soon have five safe injecting rooms across the city. The idea is being put to state parliament this week by Reason Party leader Fiona Patton. James Lake has the details from Melbourne. That's right, Tash, and Fiona Patton could be the right person to lead this charge. She was instrumental in Melbourne getting its first safe injecting room despite its controversies lately of users being found unconscious in some surrounding streets. Patton also wants all of these new facilities to be set up with the ability to do pill testing. Opponents to getting more safe injecting rooms, though, will point to the crime stats, which show drug use and possession around Melbourne's only facility increased by 39% in the first two years after it opened. And to South Australia and voters could get the final say on extending shopping hours. It's part of an historic push for a referendum that will be put before the state's parliament. Our reporter, Sean Maynard, has more from Adelaide. Yeah, Tash, this has been an issue the Liberals in SA simply aren't going to walk away from. If at first you fail, then try and try and try again as the playbook here. In fact, for a long time now, the Treasurer has been taking advantage of a loophole that allows him to use his ministerial powers to declare shops can open on public holidays if they want to. Now, that's a temporary measure, and there are lots of rules that dictate whether or not you can trade on weekends, particularly Sundays, and a store's floor space can even determine that. Now, Opposition Leader Peter Malinowskis, he's a former Shop Assistance Union State Chief. He's arguing deregulation means less competition and fewer jobs, but the government says the reforms are needed to help local businesses here respond to changing habits driven by online shopping. It won't matter what either side think, though, because voters could decide this issue uh, once and for all at the ballot box in March. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, we're so excited. No more sleeps. It's budget day. A massive cash splash expected from the federal government. And someone may suggest there's an election coming up. Tash, that couldn't possibly be the case, could it? <laughs> Good morning. There is nothing like it. I, I joked during the weeks. if you don't think a leopard can change its spots, just wait till you see a pre-election budget because all of a sudden all spending is good. And uh, the Treasurer certainly out with the... I don't know, <laughs> pails, buckets, garbage bags, uh, money going absolutely everywhere at the moment. Look, on one level, great news for the economy, great news for those still out of work. On the other hand, I've got to turn at least half an eye to how do we pay this back and when do we start paying it back? Because you know, unemployment, RBA's forecast, 4.5% end of the year. Business confidence at an all-time high this week. Um, I don't know, glad, glad to spend it, glad people will be getting jobs, that's all positive. Uh, but as you say, pre-election budget, hopefully post-election, whoever wins, we get back to some sort of sense of paying this stuff off. Yeah, pre-COVID, there was a lot of focus on getting the budget back to a surplus, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And look, that may still happen, but probably longer or longer away than it's going to be the case now. Of course, even pre-COVID, that's right, the, the, the back in black, the debt and deficit disaster, the whole lot. Um, again, look, circumstances change. Politicians should change. Treasurer Frydenberg did say he spoke to former PM John Howard, who said there is no ideology in a crisis, and I absolutely applauded that. I don't know. I wonder if they become addicted to the spending because at some point we've got to stop. Yeah, it's a dangerous path. Also, some good news this morning with the Australian Stock Exchange. Gosh, there it just keeps flying and yesterday ending on a record closing high. 
That's right. So the US markets got there before the new year, by the way. So we're lagging those guys by about six months. Of course, we don't have the Amazons and the Googles and those companies that can propel us that much higher that quickly. But the iron ore price in particular was great yesterday, pushing a lot of miners up meaningfully. Fortescue closed up 8%, if you can believe that. The net result, as you say, a closing, a record closing high for the ASX. We have been higher before during the day, but if you count just the, the closing prices, this is the highest we've ever been. And some people actually saying in the next, literally the next 10 weeks, we could get as high as 8,000 points. That's another 10 or 15% gain from here. So the party need not be over just yet, and certainly not without budget spending, as we talked about. Certainly helping our nation's bank balance. Scott, thank you. Thanks, Dash. For sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett Richmond. He's throwing its support behind two players who have been involved in a nightclub brawl. Yes, good morning, Tasha. Richmond coach Damien Harwick says that while he doesn't condone violence, uh, Daniel Rioli was defending his girlfriend when he punched when he was punched, I should say, at a nightclub over the weekend. He's sporting a black eye this morning while his teammate Shay Bolton uh, last night had surgery on a broken wrist. He will miss up to three weeks. Uh, Hardwick telling Fox Footy there's no wrongdoing on their behalf. Look, I can understand the, the fixation on our players, but I suppose from, from our point of view, you know, a player's partner was put in an inappropriate and situation that she didn't feel comfortable with and, and Daniel stood up and, you know, tried to eradicate the situation with punching in the eye. And looks like it's pretty much season over for Magpies defender Jeremy Howe set for more surgery on an injured hamstring touch. And this is an interesting twist. Never a dull moment in the NRL. The Eels may struggle to field a team during Magic Round after ignoring advice from the NRL last weekend. Yes, uh, they're expecting to find out this morning whether players who actually left the biosecurity bubble can be picked uh, to play the Warriors this Sunday in Magic Round uh, in Brisbane. Of course, the the NRL are moving up north. Now, as you said, they ignored some advice not to play squad members in the New South Wales Cup over the weekend. Now, that decision means that they could just have 16 uh, players available, uh, but they're not winning much sympathy from the NRL's head of football, Graham Annesley. We've got a responsibility to try and keep the NRL competition on track, not missing players, not missing games, not missing rounds because of infection. And all other clubs will be watching this with interest to see how hard or how light the NRL goes on the eels this morning. Very interesting to watch, Brett. And, of course, so much talk and controversy regarding the upcoming Olympic Games. And one of the draw cards for the Tokyo Olympics isn't sure if the Games should actually go ahead. Yes, tennis champ Naomi Osaka, um, well, she does admit that it's uh, hugely concerning what's happening in Japan at the moment. Rising COVID-19 levels, they're in a state of emergency in Tokyo. We've got just 10 weeks from the start of the Games in late July, and she spoke to uh, the BBC about uh, whether they should actually still go ahead. For me, I'm an athlete, and of course my immediate thought is that I'd want to play the Olympics, but as a human, I would say... We're in a pandemic. If people aren't healthy and if they're not feeling safe, then it's definitely a really big cause for concern. It's a much bigger event than the Australian Open, which while that was a big event, we've got 16,000 athletes at the Tokyo Games, so it's going to be hard to keep them all safe. Yeah, and look what happened at the IPL. Absolutely. Yep, 100%. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. And the Queen has spoken publicly for the first time since her husband Prince Philip's death. On a Zoom call with members of the Royal Lifesaving Society, Her Majesty recalled winning a Junior Lifesaving Award at 14, the first young person in the Commonwealth to do so. I didn't realise I was the first one. I just, I just did it and had to, had to work very hard for it. But it was a great achievement and I was very proud to wear the, the, the badge on the, on the front of my... Um, swimming suit. 
The Queen has been a patron of the Royal Lifesaving Society since 1952. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.